Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks Podcast. I am your host, Ben Kreider, and today I'm going to be breaking down all the major games in the season finale, the regular season closer. Everybody is playing today, starting, I think, as early as 1.30, going up to, I think, 8. So there's a lot of stuff going on, and there are five really, really important games, and three of them that are just really cool to kind of keep your eye on. So in terms of what day to watch basketball, it'd definitely be this one. There's so much um, so much going on. So yeah, super excited. You know, it's crazy how the season is finally kind of coming to a close. Like, um, I don't really, I don't really feel anything right now about it because, you know, like covering games every single day, writing reports every single day, like stuff like that. You just kind of run through it. You run through the motions every day and I've kind of lost track of time doing this, um, to be honest with you. So now that we're at the final game of the season, it's going to be like, well, what now? Um, like a two day break in action has felt like an eternity. Imagine what it's going to feel like when it's like four, four months long, you know? So luckily, I mean, we're in a good spot. The off season is going to be great, but man, man, this is going to be weird. So yeah, final game of the year for us, final game for a lot of teams and a lot of draft odds at stake for the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. So just breaking things down, like I said, eight main games I want to talk about. I'm going to start with the ones that don't matter for us, and these are just games to kind of keep tabs on and watch them if you possibly can today. And it starts with the Hornets at the Wizards. And this is a game where you're going to determine in the Eastern Conference who's going to be the 8th seed and who's going to be the ninth seed. It's crazy how this works. Like, you know, the teams at the very end always seem to have some sort of uh, battle together. I feel like that's just really good strategy by the league. Honestly, I don't. I didn't really imagine the Hornets being crazy, crazy good. Um, I guess if Hayward was there, they would have been all right, but he's kind of been on and off all the time. But yeah, I mean, now you're sitting at a spot where they're at an even record. Whoever takes the W here is going to be playing the Boston Celtics. And as we all know, the Boston Celtics, they're not going to have Jalen Brown. I think Kemba Walker's status is still up in the air. Would you want to play him over Smart anyways heading into the playoffs? Like, I, I don't know, honestly. So they're a pretty weak team in the Eastern Conference right now. Probably the, out of, yeah, I'd say probably out of those top 16 teams, one through eight, they might be the weakest link right now. So it'd be a really good spot to play them. And obviously there's a clear team to be rooting for. You want the Washington Wizards to win. Who does not want to see Westbrook and Bradley Beal going into the play-ins? Now they're not going to be locked in per se, but if they get the W against the Hornets and then they beat the Celtics, then they're going to be playing in the playoffs. And who does not want to be seeing playoff basketball with Russell Westbrook again? That's going to be my team. That's going to probably be a lot of people's team um, once a playoff start going on. So that's the main one to look at in my eyes, just because of Russell Westbrook. Now, if it gets to a case where let's say they lose the game, then they'd be at the ninth spot and they would be battling against the Indiana Pacers, I believe, for a game. And that's the same for the Hornets too. So they'd have to beat the Pacers and then they'd have to beat the winner of the Celtics-Hornets matchup. So you probably just want to get it over with originally and I think, honestly, it'd be that Celtics game. That's going to be the easiest out of what the next one would be. I think out of those four teams, the Celtics, the Wizards, Pacers, and Hornets, that's clearly the worst there. 
You get the W, you're good, and there's a likelihood they could face the Brooklyn Nets, KD, James Harden, Jeff Green, rattle down the list, like, a lot of his former teammates would be there, so that'd be a great storyline, and oh my gosh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, seeing Westbrook go up against Durant in a playoff series, man, that would, that would be wild, um, so I hope that happens, I hope we get to see a 2-7 matchup like that, and maybe not, though, you gotta win this game first, even have a shot at that happening, and, um, yeah, so make sure to keep your eyes on them, I think Bradley Beal might be on some sort of, like, injury um, I don't know, I don't know if it's, um, what the injury exactly is, but I'm pretty sure he's kind of been limited lately, they're gonna try to give him some run, and I'd expect, given this is such a big game, he'll probably play a good portion of the game, but it's gonna be Russell Westbrook having to kind of carry that load against the Hornets, who have the majority of their roster, uh, back for playing right now, outside of, like, Gordon Hayward, but that's the first one, definitely need to root for the Wizards there, and then you go into the Grizzlies going to face the Warriors in uh, in San Francisco. So that's a game too, where you're going to determine the eight and nine spot in the Western Conference. And whoever wins that, they're going to be facing off against either the Trailblazers or the Los Angeles Lakers in a play-in game. Absolutely insane. So yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody at this point actually likes Steph Curry now. I don't want to make any assumptions, but that's what I think. I actually like Steph Curry now. Um, back whenever we faced him all the time, absolutely not, but yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of come around. So I hope the Warriors win this game and I hope that happens, but there's also kind of another game that I, I didn't really mention. And it's going to have to do with the Portland Trailblazers because since the Trailblazers and Lakers are so neck and neck right now in, uh, in terms of the standings, let me take a quick peek. Yeah, they are deadlocked. They're 41 and 30, both teams. But the Portland Trailblazers actually have the tiebreaker here. So all that needs to happen for the, you know, six and seven spots to get secured is the Portland Trailblazers need to win their game tonight against the Denver Nuggets. And this is a game where, you know, it could kind of be, you know, un uncertain. But I will say the Denver Nuggets actually have their spot secured. I believe they're going to be the third seed in the conference. So they might use this night to actually bench some of their players. Looking at the list here, um, this is from like a 130 report, by the way, so this might be a bit off, but it looks like that's not going to be the case. So it might still be a tough contest for them. They're going to be having Nikola Jokic playing. Michael Porter Jr. has been on a tear right now. Luckily, there's no Jamal Murray, um, so that's your advantage. So it's going to be more like PJ Dozier, but that's the game. And I want to see the Trailblazers win. Probably the only time I'm ever going to want to see it, but I want to see LeBron versus Curry in the play-in. Everybody on earth definitely wants to see that again. So uh, if that it's if that's the case, like, honestly, I'd probably want to see the Warriors win just to see, like, a sudden death matchup with LeBron and AD. So much, like, legacy on the line for LBJ. So I, I hope that happens. There's a lot of hypotheticals that go into these things, but... If the Trailblazers beat the Nuggets, it's game over. You have it secured. The Lakers, they also play a game tonight, but uh, it wouldn't matter. I mean, it'd already be predetermined. They're playing the New Orleans Pelicans, who, you know, they they don't have anything to play for at this point. Obviously, I don't see them just, like, tanking away right now. They're not going to be benching Zion, Brandon Ingram. This is going to be a full swing team right now. And for the Lakers, 
they're going to have LeBron James back. But when you look past that, there's a lot of question marks here. Anthony Davis is questionable for this game. So that's another thing. That's another thing. And um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of the real stuff you need to be honing in on here. And those games are both going to be played pretty late. I believe those are 8 or 9 p.m. games. Yeah, they're 8 p.m. games. So those are going to be a little bit later. That's also when the Thunder play. So keep that in the back of your head. But before the Thunder game, you're going to be able to see the Wizards and you're going to be able to see the Warriors. But now you go into the ones that actually matter for us. And this is one where it's not really, oh, I hope this happens. It's you know, I feel like this almost needs to happen because there is a lot of ground that needs to be covered um, tonight. And I'm using these stats from uh, Twitter user Tyler Carroll. He has been using a ton of like stats all throughout the year and like calculations to project what lottery odds would look like uh, in terms of our percentage. So I've been following him uh, for a while now, but I've never really kind of dug into them because these numbers are constantly changing as teams get stuck in tiebreakers. One team wins a game, you know, that those kind of things. So it's always like fun to look at, but it's not, I don't think it's always worth going into a huge deep dive in. Tonight is a day where this needs to be talked about. So I really thank you, uh, Tyler, for these stats. It's like in a huge Excel sheet on Twitter. It's Tyler Carroll 12 if you want to check him out. But just looking at this, there is a total of 22.1% of a stake right now for the Thunder in terms of top five odds. It can swing in either direction. So that is a huge, huge ground to cover. We know with the Houston Rockets, there's already going to be a chunk there. And it's going to be, I believe, like 47.9%. That could be us getting the pick. And that'd be number five. That that what we'd be... Uh, going for but ours that's kind of the manipulated variable that is not something that we know right now and it doesn't just have to do with our game it has to do with all the other ones and i'm going to be breaking it down if you guys have been listening to the podcast listening to any other podcast or just been checking out things you know about all five of these teams and you know that it has just been a race from start to finish in terms of who is going to finish where in the standings and of those five It's going to be the Detroit Pistons, the OKC Thunder, the Orlando Magic, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. And before I start this out, you need to kind of remember what the Tankathon rankings are, what the standings are currently. Out of those five, the Detroit Pistons, they're above everybody else. They only have 20 wins on the year, and they're going to be facing the Miami Heat tonight. So you have that, and then you have two two-way ties for the third pick, and then the fifth pick, which is going to be split. And the Thunder and the Magic both have 21, and the Timberwolves and the Cavs both have 22. So when you're talking percentage-wise here, if, let's say, everybody loses their games except for the Cavs or the Timberwolves, or you know what, you could say both of them happen to win, and the other three lose— it does not impact our odds at all because they're already below us. It doesn't matter. But they do matter in the case that we somehow manage to win our game against the Clippers tonight. And it also matters when you talk about the Pistons and their game. But they're kind of out there. We don't have to worry about them unless we win. So you probably don't even want to talk about them at all, to be quite honest with you. But you still need to mention it a little bit. 
And in the best case scenario where let's say the Thunder, they lose their game and everybody else wins. All four of those remaining teams wins. You're going to have a two-way tie for third. And then you're going to have just this massive pile up uh, right below in terms of, you know, fourth seed. And even, I guess, because of the fallout, you have a tie um, still in that fifth spot. So when you go there, the best possible chance we have at a top five pick right now is 93.4%. And that's split between that Rockets pick and our pick we would have, presumably, if we were to be tied with the Pistons um, with 21 wins on the year. But let's say that we win the game and everybody else loses. So nothing changes except for us. There can end up being a huge net loss here to where the odds would only be 71.2%. And currently, the Thunder are at an 83.4% chance at having a top five pick. So that's a huge net loss. That is... I think over 12% right there. And it goes both ways um, in terms of that swing. I think it's a 10% increase if you go look at the Pistons and um, if there were to be a tie there. But there's a lot of different kind of matchups that can happen. And the worst outcome, as I mentioned, would be a three-way tie for the fourth spot. So first case scenario, you know, obviously, or not even scenario, it's just the first case of business is we need to lose our game and just everything else falls into place against the Clippers. But I want to kind of knock out game by game kind of what I think the odds are um, in terms of what I think is easiest, um, like the easiest outcome for the tanking team to win. So I ranked it from one to five and I'll be breaking down kind of why as I go down the list. And I think the you know, easiest game for a tanking team to lose tonight is going to be for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, they won against the Celtics in their last game. Of course, they did not mean to do that, and they weren't really armed with a ton of players. Just Kevin Love went out of his mind. But yeah, I mean, they're playing the Nets now, and the Nets, they're pretty secure on that number two seed. They're going to have James Harden back, I believe. So they're not going to be really riddled with injuries here. I guess they're trying to actually just place a game where they're going to be able to see what is going on and the only people out that are really worth mentioning uh well actually it's just one person it's going to be joe harris because we know spencer dinwiddie he's been out all year but everyone's back so you're going to have kyrie james harden kevin durant you know jeff green if you want to go there i, I feel like that's a, a bit of a reach but even guys like bruce brown too so they have their whole roster. They even got Blake Griffin now since they got him from the buyout market. That's going to be an easy W for the Nets. And if you need even more of a reason to believe that, they're not taking any risks here. They're not going to be playing Darius Garland. Kevin Love, when he dropped 30 points, had to pull him out because he was doing so well. They're not going to give him a chance. Larry Nance Jr., he's been out for a while. And you just keep talking about like veteran pieces. Uh, Teron Prince, he's not playing. Delva Dova. He's not going to be playing in the game. And um, I think that kind of wraps it up there. So it's really only going to be Colin Sexton playing. They have Jarrett Allen too. But that's not going to be anywhere close to the three-headed monster that is the Brooklyn Nets. So the Cavs, they're probably going to stay afloat uh, with 22 wins on the year. But I think the second easiest game, and this is hard to say, but I think it's going to be the Detroit Pistons facing the Miami Heat tonight. And they're going to be going to face them in Miami, I don't really think the fan attendance would matter that much, but a lot of it just has to do with injuries here and, um, you know, the the crazy injury reports you're seeing 
from all these different teams. So the Pistons, they don't they don't plan on playing Jeremy Grant. They never plan on playing this guy. Same goes for Mason Plumley, but surprisingly, they're actually doing a bit of a swap tonight. So Plumley will be playing, but Isaiah Stewart is not going to be. Dennis Smith Jr. is out. Rodney Magruder's out. Wayne Ellington is out. Sekou Dumbayao is out. And then even the guys who are prone to have pretty good games every once in a while, Frank Jackson and Corey Joseph, they're both listed as questionable or doubtful. I think they're both going to be out, to be honest with you. So they're only going to have Sadiq Bey, Hamidou Diallo, and Mason Plumley. And for the Miami Heat, they don't have Jimmy Butler. Goran Dragic might not play, and Victor Oladipo might not play. So I guess you could kind of say it's a toss-up between the two and three here as I get into that. But they still have a pretty steady roster. Duncan Robinson's been great for them. Kendrick Nunn, surprisingly, has averaged like 18 points a game for them this year. Bam Adebayo has looked great. Precious Achua. Go down the line. They have a lot, a lot of depth. It's not going to be a problem for them. And truthfully, I don't even think the Pistons are trying to win this game. There's more people out than there is, uh, you know, who are going to be playing. So it's going to be... Probably the Pistons staying at two, but you don't want to obviously assume that because stuff can't happen. But I'd, I'd probably go on that bet and say the Pistons, not only do they, you know, um, come into this one really undermatched, but they're probably trying to lose the game as well. At least that's what Troy Weaver hopes for. Um, but after that, you go into the Thunder. And when we are going to be playing against the LA Clippers tonight, it's going to be an 8 p.m. tip-off time. And they, thank goodness, are going to be playing everyone. So I might even make that switch and say, you know what? Maybe the Thunder should be that too uh, on this on this list right now because they don't have stars out. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they were out for the last game. When they did that horrendous tank job against the Houston Rockets, it looked like the same thing would have happened tonight, but... Now, they aren't playing the LA Lakers. It's not possible for them, and I'm pretty sure they've secured a spot, depending on what happens with these two games, they've secured themselves of evading them anyways. So, it really doesn't matter in that regard, and just looking at the standings, I think the main team they'd face is uh, like the the Dallas Mavericks, I believe. I think that's who um, would be in, in play right now, but they'll definitely take that, and if not that's fine. They'll play like the Trailblazers or something like that, but they avoid them and they're coming in this one, probably just trying to get some reps in. This is by all accounts, like a little bully ball game, get the momentum going and head right into the playoffs. Cause they're not going to be playing in the play in tournament. So Kawhi PG, um, you know, even I think Reggie Jackson, I don't know hundred percent if he's going to be, um, on the injury report, but I know he's had a couple nice games kind of here and there. Yeah. He'll be playing, again for them and um you know even like Landry Shaman I'm trying to think of positive assets they have they have a lot of them playing like Serge Ibaka too he'll be out there they'll be good in this game and for the Thunder they don't have a very extensive injury report right now of course SGA he's been dumb for the year um you know since March and then Lou Dort you don't even want to try him right now and that's completely fine Ty Jerome might be back though so he could play, um, you know, he, he could have a 20-point outing again and kind of turn the tides, but I wouldn't, uh, you know, count on that really, um, you know, even if he plays, I don't think it'd be that huge of a shift here, 
So I think it should be pretty safe for the Thunder. So you can kind of relax a little bit. Obviously, you still need to watch this intensely because there are times where out of nowhere will go off and then Paul George is bricking a, a good amount of shots and going on cold spells. So I don't know if it's going to be necessarily an issue. Um, this could very well just be another 30-point blowout and you walk out of the season with 21 wins on the year, but you never know. So I think those are kind of the three that I would probably say there's not a big chance of the um, the tanking team losing. But the back two, there's a shot. And the Timberwolves going up against the Mavs, that's solely because the Timberwolves are going to have Carl Anthony Towns. They're going to have Russell. Anthony Edwards is there. Even Nas Reed off the bench. It's a good amount of production you're going to have. And the Mavericks, they're going to have their players as well. Um, so I think it'll just be more of a closely contested game like only main people out for them are going to be Kleba, maybe, and J.J. Redick. So they're going to have Doncic, and they're going to have Kristaps Porzingis. So it'll be close. Um, it, you know, you kind of want to flip back and forth on who would win the game. Ultimately, it doesn't matter, you know, if we get the loss tonight. But still kind of worth mentioning. I think that's a game that the Timberwolves could actually win and kind of jar off a tiebreaker from someone like the Cleveland Cavaliers. But the game that I think is most important tonight outside of ours, it's going to be the Orlando Magic playing against the Philadelphia 76ers. And if you guys follow like NBA Twitter all the time, you know that an ongoing storyline has been the Orlando Magic and the 76ers in their game that they have tonight. And the dream was that the Philadelphia 76ers by this point would be locked of a first seed that they just wouldn't play their primary players and what do you know they have clinched the first seed in the Eastern Conference holding a record of 48 and 23 on the year and they're going to be going into the game with a gutted roster none of their starting five are going to be playing tonight. And in response, the Magic, they want to be kind of listing everybody out. Wendell Carter Jr., he is questionable for the game. He's not really hurt. RJ Hampton, he's had to turn into the guy for them. He's listed as questionable. All the guys that I've always mentioned here, they're out. And that's going to be Otto Porter Jr., Chumo Kiki, Terrence Ross, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Foltz, James Ennis, you know, MCW even. They're all out. So it's really just Cole Anthony, Dwayne Bacon, potentially RJ Hampton in Wendell Carter Jr. I don't know 100% though. And like Gary Harris or something. So they're going to be really just shrunken down in terms of who they have. I think Mo Wagner could go off here and maybe even Dante Hall for them. But that's, you know, in comparison to Philadelphia's roster right now, not all that bad because there's not going to be Joel Embiid there's not going to be Tobias Harris no Ben Simmons in this game and actually you know what let me just read it from top to bottom because it's a very long list so no Seth Curry Joel Embiid's out Danny Green's questionable Tobias Harris questionable Furkan Korkmaz maybe Shake Milton maybe Ben Simmons questionable and Matisse Thibel questionable I think they're pretty much all going to be out and we'll get new reports of it, but that's my hope. That's the hope here. With no Joel, you should be all right. Like, none of these guys are listed as 100% out, but you'd kind of go into that assumption. They don't want to hurt anybody, especially against the Orlando Magic. There's nothing 
really for them to gain here. Like, this is a game that they'll just walk in, and yeah, their bench will play their hardest, uh, and they want to collect a W, but like, win or loss, it really does not matter for them. They're going to be facing you know, the eighth seed, whoever comes out of that play-in tournament, um, in the East, so probably, like, the Pacers or something, but yeah, I mean, this is not a huge, huge issue for them right now, so why not give Paul Reed 100 minutes in the game, right? Like, you can give a lot of random people minutes. George Hill, he might have to play 30 minutes in this game. Dwight Howard, he'll probably be one of the main guys, and those are pretty decent bigs. I, th- I think Dwight Howard's actually shown a lot of, you know, good talent this year, and he's been pretty damn productive off the bench to the point that they were okay shipping off Tony Bradley. And then George Hill, we've seen him. He's been able to dominate the game at times. And like I said, I go into the people like Tyrese Maxey and Shake Milton if he plays, Paul Reed. It's going to be a pretty even thing if you take out that starting five. So, I think that's the one that you probably need to look at the entire way through. I don't know if the Thunder broadcast is going to be showing live updates on those games because their perspective, um, and not really just perspective, but how they've been doing things all year is they want to kind of feed out the negatives. They want to feed out the fact that the Thunder have been losing game after game this year. And I don't see it as a negative personally. I think it's just us um, I keep saying us, like, I'm obviously not on this team, but it's, you know, it's the Thunder, you know, trying to, I'm, hell, just tank a little bit, like, get some more assets for the future, that's not a bad thing, I, I saw the thing on ESPN where Scott Van Pelt, like, trashing the Thunder, it's whatever, man, like, of course the Thunder are gonna do it, every other franchise is doing it, if not harder, right now, so, I think it's fair game, but they never really address the bottom of the standings. Oftentimes, they get caught up talking about the other teams and where they are in the positions. And they'll say, you know, they used to show the Thunder on the standings. Now, we're so far down, it doesn't matter. But they need to show the reverse kind of standings here, I'd say, pregame. And at least break down the numbers because it is it is huge. It is very, very huge. So, I hope they do that. I'm not going to bank on it. But, yeah, that's, um, that's something I kind of hope for. But just going back to Tyler's spreadsheet here, I want to kind of go off, I think, the most reasonable outcome, which would be the Magic winning and absolutely nobody else. And that would free us up to be the lone possessor of the third best odds. So then you get a crazy, I think, three-way tie for, um, for fourth. So when you look at how that would affect us, that would give us the lone possession of you know the, the 14% chance of a number one pick and when you're looking at the top four, we would also still be very, very high. Um, I, I think it'd be not, yeah, 52.1. So it'd be just with the Rockets, just with the Pistons. We would be very, very set up there. And I think that's really all we need. You can be really greedy, but that's the main outcome that you're kind of on the hunt for. So let's say that occurrence happens it gets the Thunder up to an 88.3% chance of getting a top five pick with one of their selections. And you can break down the numbers. Obviously, it's a lot of kind of guessing and like, yeah, the Knicks, their hope was they thought they'd have the number one pick and then they got the third or whatever and they're upset about it. And you got guys like the Grizzlies jumping seven spots to get John Morant. 
those numbers aren't set in stone, obviously. Well, I guess they are, but it doesn't mean outright we get a top pick, and it doesn't mean outright we get two top picks. Like in that situation, there would be a there would be an eleven percent chance of getting two top five picks, right? So it's not a number crunching, and I totally get it if you're listening to this. Like, what the hell is he talking about? Because even me, like, I know what I'm talking. Like, I kind of know what I'm talking about, but processing it um into like a real life scenario it's a little bit hard for me because it is just kind of simulating stuff but it gets you that good gauge of where where we're going to be at heading into the lottery night so look at that one um i think assessing the thunder one just a little bit closer because obviously that's the game that a lot of you guys are going to be watching tonight uh or at least looking over it's just going to be dort out just jerome out and then for the clippers you're going to see DeMarcus Cousins potentially out, Terrence Mann, and Amir Coffey out. So really, who cares? Like, that's not a lot of big guys out of that listing. Terrence Mann killed us in the bubble when we played last year, but that was like bench on bench, so he wouldn't really play anyways. I don't see him in the regular rotation. DeMarcus Cousins might be like a bench piece, but it doesn't matter that much. Like they played Patrick Patterson 30 minutes last game. They can use him. They got Marcus Morris. They're totally fine in terms of what they're going to have at hand today. So look at those five, as I mentioned, obviously keep tabs on them all. The Thunder one is the key one because even if the Thunder loses, like, you know, the, the odds just get sliced and you're talking no chance at that third spot, probably um, or like a gigantic tie, you don't want to see that scenario actually come into fruition, so just watch out, and um, yeah, I'll get you guys covered on the last game recap of the year, so wild saying that, but um, yeah, I'll get you guys to that, get you the percentages, maybe talk about the plan a little bit, and talk about what is going to be going on heading into the future with um, what I'm doing with the podcast, so very, very exciting news. I'll get that to you all next time but other than that though guys that is going to wrap up today's episode i thank you all for listening and i'll talk to you all tomorrow see you